I think that's good. All right. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Morning Fuel. I am your host, John Bundy. And you are here because you believe in the power of the spoken word and its ability to change lives. And that by sharing our stories, we can help others to overcome challenges that they cannot overcome on their own. Whether it's a victory you need to win in business or in your own personal life, you understand that the answers can be found in listening to others who are willing to share their stories, knowing that their story ultimately doesn't belong to them. All right, today's guest, wanting to get away from the corporate world and realizing how much his sales background could apply to fundraisers, he realized that fundraisers are the best salespeople around because they believe in their product. However, he also had the revelation that nonprofits do not adequately set people up for success. He found his niche. His favorite thing about what he does is the many people he gets to meet and the diverse ways that they want help and the chance he has to make a difference in their lives. His methods for keeping productive are writing a lot, networking, and raising a teenage son. When asked what advice he would offer to others aspiring to succeed as a business owner, he replied, become a great storyteller. Whether you are pitching a product, sharing an idea, or building your village, people long to hear a great story. Please welcome to the Morning Fuel podcast family, author of Fen Fundraising Is, Everything Done Before Asking for Money, Principal Strategist of PB&J Marcom, Patrick Belcher. What's happening, sir? Hey, John. What is going on? Really, really great to meet you. Great to be here with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to be on Morning Fuel. Yeah, man. Well, good to have you. And um, so we're we're pretty much learning about each other kind of for the first time. I know we, we've met before and, and, and uh, we've got a good friendship on Facebook, uh, you know, sharing posts and videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, you, you mentioned your, your, your experience in sales. Uh, what did you start doing? What, 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 what is it that, that Patrick Belcher started doing uh, before your latest venture? Well, so I, I started with a little company called Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Uh, back in the 90s, and went over to their sales division, getting rid of the cars after um, we were done renting them. Okay. And kind of, uh, I was, I created relationships with credit unions so that we sold the cars, they financed them. Gotcha. And uh, really grew that and, and grew that, that market share and, and everything. And Moved up um, with the company and then went to outside sales um, with safety and, and equipment. Okay. And for, then, for the same company, for, for Enterprise? No, still, for or another this is company. Okay. Um, so I was with Enterprise for close to 12 years. Okay. Now, do you know Butch? I do know Butch. Okay, excellent. Because he worked for Enterprise as well. Yes. Were you we all working together? Or? We were there. Uh, we, we crossed paths for a okay. little while. He stayed in the rental side. Gotcha. Um, but, and, and so, long story short, I got to a point in my sales world that there's a real dichotomy between service and sales. Um, where, you know, the, the sales they think are the um, redheaded stepchildren because they get everything they want and everything, but 
the other one's out selling the product and generating the right. revenue on a consistent basis and everything. And then the service side thinks that the sales team oversells it. Um, and that's sometimes true, but most of the time they're just, they're selling what the corporate manual says. Okay. I got you. So what, what yeah, explain overselling. So like product. say, um, say, you know, in the corporate manual, it says we're going to take an inventory of what you have on site. Um, every time that we come into service. Okay. And the service team may not see that as necessarily required, just suggested. Okay. But it's in the company manual, and that's one of the things that we sell as salespeople. Okay. Um, so what happens is you're supposed to maintain them to a certain inventory. So since toilet paper was a big thing over the last year, you know, right. say, I've say, got a stock now. <laughs> you know, say you, you say that we're only going to stock you with up to 10 rolls of toilet paper. That doesn't mean that every time we come in, we put in 10 rolls of toilet paper, we fill up to that 10-roll thing. Well, the service team may say, well, we're just going to drop off 10 rolls and not count them, Tori. So then you end up with a stock. Gotcha, Like what gotcha. you said. Right. Um, so anyways, long story short, there's, it, you know, in, in the outside sales world, there can be this real dichotomy between service and sales. Sometimes they work really in partnerships. The company that I worked with, there was really a dichotomy. Okay, so so rental car, enterprise rental car to outside sales for other companies, and then when did you uh, when did you start PB and J, or was that was that the first the first well, business? Well, so get, I'm sorry, getting to the long story short, right? I got sick of yeah, the dichotomy. We got time, man. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I got sick of the dichotomy. Right. Um, I left the outside sales world, and I went out to start PB&J because my background was PR. I thought I could go back to my background and I ended up doing doing fundraising um, right off the bat. That was the PR piece that I kind of started with and I failed horribly. And it wasn't because I was bad at what I did. It was because I didn't understand how to value my time. Okay. So through that, I ended up working um, for the American Red Cross where they really allowed me to see the value of my sales background. And through that, I I did some amazing fundraising for them, um, crushing anything that they set as far as a goal for me. Okay, cool. And then I, when I left the American Red Cross, I went back to doing the PB&J but um, I focused strictly on fundraising and the infrastructure and really the sales strategy that nonprofits need to take on. Gotcha. Um, so and- you, you learned how to do it, go out there doing it. And then you saw how you could assist others to have that, that, that strategy that works. Because you know, there's a lot of people trying to raise funds out there that have no idea what they're doing. And it's great causes that they're that they're supporting or trying to support, but if they don't have the strategy, they're either going to burn out or just not be able to get where they need to be. Well, and that's very true. Nonprofits, um, if you think about mo- the background stories of most nonprofits, a lot of them started in basements of churches yeah. or in garages because a group in the community saw a problem. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is they attack that problem 
in a small way in their community, but then it, it grew a lot of them that we still have around today and that have been around for 25, 35, 50 years. It grew and grew and grew, and they got into reactive fundraising. Right. You know, we need this, so we need to go out and raise this. And, you know, it's – we need more people, so we've got to hire more people. So, you know, we're going to pay them nothing and hope that we can raise the money to pay them type right. thing. Um, and so instead of trying to put together a budget and plan ahead and see what your needs are and see what you need to pay people so that they can survive and stay with you long term um, – and understanding really the power of story. You know, if I ask you for money for food or for, you know, a widget or whatever it may be, you have a specific value. But if I tell you how that food's going to feed Julia, this child who we picked up last week, who unfortunately has been from one home to another home or, you know, whatever the story may be. I'm starting to describe something. And then all of a sudden in your head, consciously or subconsciously, you're starting to form a relationship with that young child that I'm talking about. Right. And you may see your niece, a friend of your daughter's, you know, anybody. And the value of that versus the value of just, a meal right. are two completely different things. Absolutely. And that's how you can motivate people to give, you know, big figures. Sure, sure. Or, or you know, give or motivate people that were walking into your activity or your presentation just thinking they're going to give 10 or $20 to give 50 or $100. Right. Because they've connected. Sure, sure. You, you, um, you help them to really build, even if it's just in their mind, um, become a part of a community instead of just, you know, a handout or, or right. some, you know, tax right. tax, um, you know, benefit or something like that. And, and even though they may not be providing the service that your organization is providing, they feel that they've made an impact. Sure, the they, service they, can't be provided if they don't. Right. If you're not getting funds, right? Wow, that's, that's fantastic. So, all right, um, PB and J. Now I get it, uh, Patrick Belcher. Um, but I mean, of course you, you think of peanut butter and jelly. Right. So what's the and, J in PB and J and then talk, what, what is Marcom? I mean, help me out with this. <laughs> okay. So I'm the PB obviously. And then my son is the J. He's gotcha. Jacob. Okay. Gotcha. So, and, uh, now I, is he, is he part of the business? Is he helping this out or is he's kind of the mascot or what? He's, he's <laughs> probably more of a mascot right okay. now, but he, you know, when there are events, he's put to work. Okay. How, how old is he? <laughs> he's 16. Okay. Gotcha. So for probably the last three years, you know, he participates in loading things up. And, sure. You know, do, he's the, the grunt force labor when we need gotcha, somebody man. extra. Yeah, the strong back. Right, right. Um, but he enjoys it too. I mean, cool. he he um, he gets motivated and touched by some of the stories that we get into. Right. Um, he also is looking to be involved in um, graphic design and everything. So he's helped me nice. out with some of the production of some of the – you know, the, the tearjerker videos that we'll sure. put together. Nice. Um, so, but he, he's the J. And then Marcom is marketing and communications. And as gotcha. I said, when I started PB&J Marcom, the idea was I was going back into my PR roots. Mm-hmm. 
and I crashed and burned. Right. Went to the Red Cross, but I, I kept the company, yeah, or the firm, and, and then just stepped back into it. Nice. Um, and the PB and J, nobody, as I said, nobody ever forgets. Right. PB and J. Right. Because um, they they can relate peanut to it. butter jelly time. Come on, that's right, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, all right, it's memorable. So, um, can you tell us? Give us a little. Um, you're not got a testimony, uh, a success story um, with with uh, your fundraising or or your teaching others um, uh, strategies on fundraising. Well, so, gosh, just today. a recent success story. Right, right. So, uh, the the. Probably a consistent success story is getting people to understand that asking for $500 or $5,000 or $50,000 is really no different than the ask. But um, like my book, Fundraising is Everything Done Before Asking for Money, you've got to set yourself up for that ask. You know, I'm not, you know... And the world I was raised in, you know, you don't ask for everything on the first date, right? right? So you've got to you got to put in the the time, you got to put in the infrastructure, you got to put in the work, and so it's it's really teaching um, my clients how to. Uh, a most recent client just just put it very well, as I said several times. Be brief. Be brilliant, be done. So how can you tell your story in a succinct manner? Sure. Um, and one of the uh, formats that I, I enjoy so much is a format called the Pixar Storyboard. Right, right. And, and you know, and I could, I could use it day in and day out because I practice it every day. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, one, one day uh, or every day I did this, and one day this happened, and then this happened, and because of that, this happened. So therefore, I was able to do this, and this is the the um, result. Okay. So it, it's a, it's a real quick, and you just kind of drop in the parts. So, you know, um, using a, a story that I actually put in the book. Um, you know, every day. I enjoyed drinking. And because I enjoyed drinking so much, I had some friends over one day and we ran out of alcohol. So I decided to go out and take a trip to pick up some more alcohol until I ran into the back of the sheriff who happened to be my father's best buddy. And uh, because of that, I had the choice to go into rehab or I had to... um, go to jail so i chose to go into this faith-based rehabilitation facility that taught me that this wasn't just a physical issue there was all sorts of issues one of them being spiritual right and i was able to find my connection with god and because of that i am now successful and sober Okay. Now, that's not my is, personal story. I was going to say, is this, is this for real or what? No, no, no this, it's this, a good one. I like it. <laughs> but, I, you know, yeah. I, I could have filled in a name. I, I couldn't think quick enough to fill in a name. Right. But, you know, I could tell that story about that. Or I could talk about, you know, a child who is human trafficked. And I could, t- you know, same thing. 
Um, I, I could tell the stories all day long, but it's a quick, short, succinct way, and I engaged you. Right. And there's a connection, and then there's the what next. Like, what happens next? Right. What happened next? Right. Where, right. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's very good. Very good. So um, the influential books that you've read, uh, you, you talked about um, – you talked about a couple. Well, one was anything by um, Heath Brothers. Now, I haven't heard of Heath Brothers, but um, what um, uh, Switch and Made to Stick? What, what are what are these these books about, or what, what do they write about? So they really are about change management or change culture. Okay. In, in the corporate environment, Chip and Dan Heath um, are two brothers, and um, Chip. I think it was no, it was Dan. I think that just wrote another book called Upstream, and. So in Upstream, he talks about, you know, there's, uh, it opens up the, the book with a story of you're on a river with your friends and all of a sudden there are these people that are keep floating downstream that are drowning and you go out and you keep uh, dragging them out of the river, but they keep coming. So you stop and you go upstream to see what the problem is okay, and, gotcha. and stop the person from jumping. Dropping, dropping them into the stream to drown. Right. Okay. You know, so they're they're very. It, it's. They give you epiphany, as to why didn't I think about it. and nonprofits do that all the time. Sure. They see a problem, and they figure how to to go up, um, and fix it. For instance, one of the things that they talked about was this program. I want to say it was in. Chicago or Detroit, one of those cities. Right. Um, and it was talking about how the infant mortality rate was higher there than anywhere else. So they engaged with a bunch of social service groups, and they started getting these women, as soon as they were identified as pregnant and at risk for whatever it be, poverty, education, Right. whatever it may be, they work with these social service groups and they realize that if we they could get them the help they needed, education, health care, um, daycare for the kids so that they could go out and get real jobs and break that cycle, mm. then that took care of the infant mortality rate. Um, you know, another one they talk about, um, Chicago Public Schools, I think it is, um, where they realize that the high school dropout rate was the highest in the country. And they realized that if they could get these kids to be successful in two of these three courses, and I can't remember what the three courses were, but and get them to school every day, that they significantly impacted the high school dropout rate. And they did. Right. They dropped it to less than half of what it was in four years. So I mean that that's big difference. So they're 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 the ones going up upstream to find out what the problem was. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. So and then uh, uh, in switch, one of the things that I, I always talk to my clients about is find the thing that you're doing right, and then build upon that. It's a lot harder to try and figure out how to fix things or how to totally change direction on something. But if you can pivot from where you're doing something right, so if you're really good at building relationships or if you're really good at telling stories 
or if you're really good at constantly remaining in contact with your donor base, whatever that is, start there, and then we can bring everything else around. Um, and that's really powerful, and that's where a lot of success with my clients um, originates from and becomes long-term. You know, I, I, I hate to say it, but I do work myself out of a job sometimes. Okay. <laughs> well, it, 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 uh, it comes back in other ways, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Now, um, inspiration for the book. Uh, is this, um, would you say that some of these authors inspired you to write, um, or did you kind of have the book inside for a long time and then finally write it, or, or what is it? Well, so the, the book is a conglomeration of all my um, blogs that I wrote from once I got back out from the Red Cross. Okay. And um, I, again, to kind of build business, I, I started doing a, a weekly blog. Um, I wish I could get back to the weekly part of it, but right. um, I'm like you, I, I kind of do a, a Two or three at a time. Right. Publish them. Well, re-release, my friend. <laughs> Take those old ones. They're still relevant, right? And then go and That's do right. it again. And I do do that often. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so it was that. And somebody said, you know, it would be so much helpful if you put these all together, you know. And right. so I did that and um, connected with a mutual friend of ours, Chris Jones. He was my writing coach. Okay. Oh, and yeah. I know Chris, man. I love Chris. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, and he was on my Red Cross board, so okay. that, that's how we originally connected. But anyways, um, he helped me put it together and helped me redo some of those early blogs because, man, that first writing was... Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. um, that that was a, a, a challenge on its own. But we put those together and we succinct them into a bunch of chapters. Um, and he gave me some tools that I, I work use with my clients now as well, so... Um, but anyways, that's how the book come to, came together. And, uh, it really is meant to be kind of like a reference book where you could take any chapter by itself. Gotcha. Um, kind of a, kind of a manual on how to, how to keep doing it. Yes. Uh, so, um, name of the book again, uh, fundraising is everything done before asking for money. Uh, where, where can folks uh, purchase that? Anywhere the books are sold. Okay. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Indigo, you name it. Right. Can uh, can they purchase it on your website or they can if they they can either go to pbjmarcom.net or fundraisingis.com. Okay. Um, and there's a link there to purchase it straight Very cool. up as well. Very cool. Well, sir, it's been great getting to know you. But before I ask my last question, um, how can folks uh, reach out to you on social media? So I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is, uh, there's both PB&J Marcom and Patrick Belcher. Okay. Um, and then there's, on Facebook, there's PB&J Marcom. Um, and Instagram, there's PB&J Marcom as well. Okay, excellent. Well, last question. Um, what do you, uh, Patrick Belcher, what what does uh, PB&J Marcom, what do you need right now as a, as a business, as a business owner? Uh, what, are you, what are you looking for? Well, you know, the as I as I talk about a lot of things is I always want to grow my network and relationships. Uh, you know, you may not mean, need me now, but I hope it's a value to know me. Right. And down the road, whether you're looking to start a nonprofit or you're looking to grow your nonprofit 
or you're looking to take on a significant fundraising campaign. Um, you know, million-dollar campaigns take million-dollar participation, so it takes lots of people. Um, so, I, you know, whatever that may be, I hope that people will choose to connect with me through any of those okay. venues, um, and we can start a relationship that will hopefully be mutually beneficial down the road. All right. Mo- most of your work, um, uh, Hampton Roads uh, Peninsula? Or? Anywhere in the Commonwealth. Okay. So I, I go to Roanoke, Charlottesville. Okay. Richmond. So anywhere in the Commonwealth. And, you know, thanks to uh, uh, technology, I've even done work in Texas and Seattle. So Okay. Nice. Well, Patrick, really, really great to get to know you. Um, I look forward to releasing the episode and uh, for um, those relationships to build and for more people to get to know you and vice versa. Same here. Thank you for the opportunity, John. You're very welcome. All right, man. You have a great night. You did the same.